Hey y'all, it's Morgan and Dorian here. Welcome to the very last episode of BCI Live. This season, we've been bringing y'all exclusive interviews with the BCI 2020 Honors winners, and they've been sharing the good news, both spiritually and practically. And in case you didn't know, Dorian and I are owners and hosts of The Rooted Life. The Rooted Life is a lifestyle brand for the Christian millennial, and we help connect biblical truth to everyday life. Exactly. And one of the things I love most about our brand and this BCI Live podcast season is that we're all about practicality. And I feel like we've done such a good job Mm. of providing folks with tangible tools and tips for growing in their faith and business. Yes, and I feel like this season has really blessed people. I know it's blessed us both personally and professionally. For sure. So shout out to the Holy Spirit. Always. For using us and moving. And speaking of shout outs, in honor of this being our very last episode, we just want to shout out our girl Jackie. For being the, you know, just for trusting us and trusting us with this vision and giving us this opportunity to host BCI Live Podcast. And shout out to all the amazing guests we interviewed this season. Y'all have been such a blessing. Yeah, it really has been an honor. And to officially recap this season, we're hosting a season finale on Thursday, May 20th on Instagram Live with Jackie the Educator. It's going to be so much fun really just to recap the season and reflect on all the highlights from this season. And speaking of fun, to wrap up this season, we have the one and only Candice Janae, aka BCI's 2020 Female Entrepreneur of the Year. Yes, ma'am. Sis dropped all the tips on getting serious about your mental health, business, faith, and everything in between. I know this episode is going to help a lot of entrepreneurs out there. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode. All right, y'all. So we have our girl Candice Janae on today, and she is our BCI 2020 Female Entrepreneur of the Year. And Candice is all about helping her followers, particularly women, get that bag, which we love the sound of that. So Candice, what is up? Hey, thank you for having me on the show today. (laughs) Oh, we're so happy to have you. So folks call you the six-figure marketing maven. You're a brand strategist and entrepreneur, the founder of Epic Fab Girl, the visionary behind Go-Getter Conference. You're also the lead consultant at Candice Janae Enterprises. And on top of that, you got the degrees to match a BS in mechanical engineering and MBA. And uh, really, you're just all about that money. So we love to see it. And before we get started today, we want to play a little icebreaker game and give the listeners a chance to get to know you. So is that cool for us to jump right in? Okay, it's very simple. I mean, you're in the marketing business, so we thought it'd be fun. Just play a little game called Finish That Jingle, um, which is inspired by one of our favorite shows, The Office. There was an episode where Andy could not remember a jingle, uh, and that inspired me to create this game. So you ready? Girl, I don't know, but yes. <laughs> they're simple ones. They're they're simple and we got okay. struggling. Okay. So all you gotta do is finish the jingle and then name the company <laughs> that came up with the jingle. Okay. Okay. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Close. Right? What is what is what was it? <laughs> break me off a piece. Break me off a piece of that. Break me off a piece. <laughs> Listen, give me. Break me. That's how I was. Hey, let me get a piece. Hey, let, <laughs> let me, me get, get a, a let me get a piece of that Kit Kat bar. <laughs> it's definitely Kit Kat though. That's the Ebonics version. I love Give it. Me. <laughs> okay, the next one, like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Classic one. Come on this now. one's a little bit harder. I'm a big kid. I'm a big kid now. It's like uh what's it called? Uh the Huggies or something. Yep, yeah, yeah, yep, there you okay. go. Yeah, this one is this is uh, this one is a simple one, but it's going we're going to have a little angle to it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And mm-hmm. McDonald's. Do you know the famous rapper? This is bonus point. Do you know the famous rapper who came up with this jingle? The famous rapper. We're going to no. I play <laughs> <laughs> 
They kind of look alike. <laughs> Don't do that to that man. Wait, Don't who is it? it? It's Pusha T. He came oh, up. Oh no, yeah, I was. I never guessed that. Hmm. No, I, I hope you get paid. All right, we that's hope you get paid, Candace. That was great. I think my favorite part is still. Let me get a piece of that. Kit let me. Kat is bar. that what I said, <laughs> or was it? Give me. Let me. Lord, I just all I knew was Kit Kat. Uh, that was great you're, you're still the marketing maven either way we love to see it um so we're gonna jump right in and with our first question so for many of us who uh, grew up in church we lived a double life you know we would lead in church and then be living any kind of way outside of church raise his hand um and so in college you led the women's ministry and the dance ministry and let and yet you know you were living a different life outside of the walls of the church so how are you um how did living a double life kind of stunt your potential and your growth in that season? And what was like the catalyst for pushing you to change and move in a different direction? Yeah, so, well, that's a really great question. And honestly, for me, I think I just have a very different perspective on grace at this point in my life than I did back then. So mm. back then I felt like, you know, I could live my life, you know, however, do whatever, wasn't really like in my word focus, but I would be praying every now and then I would have conversations with God. I would hear the Holy spirit. And, you know, I feel like where I'm at now, it would be easy to say like, Hey, I was living a double life, but I think I was living at that level where I like, that was just where I was at with my walk with God. Right. Like I think back then, like the major thing that shifted my kind of experience at that time was I was living my life, my way, however I wanted to. And then I had a traumatic experience after a breakup where even though I had relationship with God, I was still in this like relationship with my boyfriend. And I had this conversation about purpose. And I was asking God, like, Lord, is this the, the man that you want me to be with forever? Because we were talking about marriage and stuff like that. Long story short, I prayed a prayer to God. And I'm like, Lord, if this is not the man that you want me to be with, he'll literally break up with me. I won't have to say anything. Mm. That very same day, within a <laughs> two minute phone call, that man Literally, he follows me now on Instagram and we're like sort of kind of social media friends now and it's all good. But back then he called me and was like, um, you know, I know you're prolonging breakup until graduation and I know you don't have the guts to do it on your own. So I'm gonna do it for you. And he literally Ooh. broke up with me and I'm sitting there like, oh, OK, cool. But then I got back to school because um, I was on Christmas break at the time I got back to school and that's when I felt the weight of it because I had immersed myself in this relationship with this man and I have mm -hmm. always been in relationships back to back yes. to where I didn't really fully know who I was. I really, um, you know, was depressed because I had put so much of my value and my worth in relationships with men. And so I went from, you know, going on a fast with God, trying to understand my purpose to having this breakup to after the breakup, getting pushed into either gr even greater depths where I literally was, um, you know, just bouncing around, like, you know, trying to figure out after that. And I ended up in a, a like a situationship mm. and in a situationship. Y'all, I ended up traveling to out of town where I wasn't protected. I wasn't around people that I knew. And um, the, the guy that I was with while he was passed out drunk on his couch, um, I was literally taken advantage of by his friend um, and, and I experienced rape. 
And it was literally the night going into my 23rd birthday. And that was one of those moments where when I came back to St. Louis, where I was going to school, I was like, okay, God, I know this is not what you have for me. I've been doing my life my way for so long. I know doing my life your way will look different. And so that was the point at which I made kind of that, that conscious effort and decision of, hey, this, this is me giving my life my way to you and I surrender everything to you. Nothing is off limits. And since then, God has taken me on a journey of understanding true grace and understanding like what a journey with God looks like. And one of the things God would tell me all the time, because I would kind of beat myself up, like whenever I wasn't doing things right, or I got things wrong, or I felt like, oh my God, I did a sin, um, you know, or I sinned and, and, and I did something wrong. And God would start to show me that like, you know, he would show me like this picture of like a baby that was crawling that would get up to walk. Next thing you know, the baby would fall like fall down while trying to walk, but you wouldn't look at the baby and tell the baby like, why would you not be walking? It's mm. like the baby isn't there yet. So in that same way, that's kind of where I was with my journey, where God wasn't expecting something out of me, where he had not built me on a journey mm. to get to that place. So um, for me, it was just a part of my maturity and my growth in relationship with God. And I'm still continuously and consistently growing, but it was that season of my life that really helped me to understand, um, you know, what a relationship with God looked like and what journeying with God looked like for me to fully understand who I was in him. And during that season, God started to show me where I'm at now. Like he started to show me, okay, my purpose, my destiny, that he wanted me to help women. He wanted me to build a business, things like that. But I wasn't really fully prepared for it because I was so stuck in feeling like I was unworthy because of the wrong decisions I had made. And so, you know, a lot of that was even now me existing in where I am now is falling into the fullness of the grace that God freely gives us, mm. you know, when we immerse ourselves in him. Yeah. That's good. Woo. That, that was a lot for question one. Like your vulnerability was, yeah, you went there. that's amazing. Yeah. You, Listen, you went there. How I am. I, you asked me a question, I'm giving it all. So yeah, no, we appreciate that. that. Thank you for opening up. And I think, you know, the thing that resonated with me is this idea of heart change and the idea that when your heart is changed, the thing that only God can do, then that is when you actually have a desire to not be doing the things that will put you in the space where you're doing a double life. And the fact that um, you can't really, you can't have a desire um, to be better or to want to do better until you go through that experience and, and really have that changing relationship with him. And I think a lot of us can relate to that, um, having even just wanted to be better, but like couldn't. And, and like you said, you know, we will always continue to fall short, but just the, the desires have just changed significantly. I know um, in my life and through my friendship with Morgan, like just where we want to be and, and who we want to be is so different once you actually have that experience with Christ. So I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of talked about this a little bit about having sex with your boyfriend, but I think, you know, purity is something they push a lot, particularly for young girls in the church. Um, and, and for us, we were only really taught about purity in terms of sex. Um, but I know that you wrote a book about purity and you share some insightful revelations. So we'd love for you to just share with us what God revealed to you about purity and how that has contributed to your healing and, and even where you are now in your life. 
Yeah. So what's so funny is I literally don't talk about purity at all ever anymore because that's just not a platform that I choose to speak on. I'm like literally the go-to marketing girl. But one of the things that um, God had to deal with me and a a huge part of my journey was really um, like when God started to deal with my purpose, he started to get deal with what was in the way, right? Mm -hmm. He started to deal with the distractions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, especially women, and I'm not even like, this is answering the purity question, but not really. It's really about, you know, dealing with worthiness. A lot of reason why like women struggle and not even just women, right? Like people don't talk about this enough is that they struggle with the sexuality and the the promiscuity and things like that is because they struggle with self-worth. And so they're looking for love in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. And so for me, one of the things that God had to show me even on that journey is that I was looking for love and acceptance in all the wrong places. And once God shifted my mindset about really diving deep into um, just who I was in him, diving deep into God, understanding my worth, understanding that regardless of my decisions, that I still was beautiful. I still was worthy and not just beautiful and worthy because people always try to talk about, you know, purity and worthiness and all that stuff when it comes to like, oh, I'm pure and worthy and beautiful and amazing for a man. It's like at the end of the day, like it ain't for no man. Like it's because I'm pleasing God. Number one, number two, it's also I'm worthy. Like when we're dealing with this worthiness is I'm worthy of the things that God has called for me to do. Right. We know plenty of people who have had sex before marriage. They've had kids before a marriage. We know plenty of people, but that does not stop God from blessing them. Mm-mm. And I think that's why I get so irritated with like the purity conversation. Even the book that I wrote about purity wasn't about all sexual purity. It's about like having a pure heart and a pure mind and a heart Mm -hmm. after God and understanding your purpose because at the end of the day like the way that our God is set up is that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God and sometimes Mm -hmm. people try to focus so much on oh you know the things that we think matter the most out of you know whatever sins we think certain sins are greater than other but they're not at the end of the day if God created a purpose and a plan for your life all it requires is for you to be aligned with him to you, you to walk out a righteous life and no, nobody wants to live a double, you know, life. Cause we've seen it play out in a lot of different people's lives recently. Ooh, right? and, 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 and nobody wants to live a double life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's all about not being hypocritical and also mm-hmm. living a life that, you know, in the dark and privately that, you can also live publicly as well. Come but on. also understanding the balance of everything ain't everybody business. Come on. It's just not. So, you know, I know we went on a whole rabbit hole for that with the, the purity conversation, but I think God has taken me on a journey of understanding, even in that, that there is grace for every sinner. There's mm-hmm. grace. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And there's no temptation that you experience that other people haven't also experienced. Right. And that's Bible too. So there's that. Good. Yeah, I love that too. I just think that, um, I just like what you talked about with the shame too, that there's so much shame involved when they talk about purity. Um, because we think that, like you said, like there's some kind of hierarchy of sin that God is more disappointed than this. And, and I just love that once you start chasing 
chasing after him, he changes your appetite. He actually changes. doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. You're not going to be tempted. You're still going to be tempted. But just this idea of like, man, God, I actually want you more than this man. I actually want you more than this experience. And I just love that he's not asking us to get ourselves all together and then come to him and he'll use us. He's like, no, nah, come with your mess. Come with all your issues. Submit it all to me. Like, I'm going to make you right. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But at the end of the day, when we're in heaven, it's all going to be good. But I just, you know, for me, I didn't really know that part about grace growing up. I didn't know that I didn't have to get myself together. So I lived that mm. double life because I was like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be that. Like, I'm never going to measure up. Once I'm like, oh, there's grace. And like, he will, he will work in you and give you the power and will to do what pleases him. It's like, all right, I, I think I can, I can sign up for that. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you talked about purity in a more, more holistic way. Mm-hmm. So good. I think, you know, when we think about holistic, I think we can think about like healing. And so you from question one, you know, jumped right in and just kind of shared about your experience with sexual assault. And I would love for you to just kind of share for other people, like what are um, maybe two tools that you've used on your healing um, journey? Yeah, I think the real, when it comes to trauma of any sort, like you need a therapist, like you need to talk to somebody about it. Say it again. You can pray about it. You can get deliverance, all that stuff. Like, I I think it's great. All those things are amazing. Praying, allowing God to heal you, but like get a therapist because there's a lot of areas in my life that I did not realize that the trauma of rape had like, like I have I have had serious trust issues. There have been like panic attacks that I've experienced like with recurring memories. And it's like, those are things that were, you know, because of the trauma were lodged into like my um, experiences because of that undealt with trauma. And so, you know, talking to a therapist and having someone like really get into that um, is really helpful. And I also think that deliverance is really important as well. So, you know, one of the things that really helped me was actually, and I'm not just talking about deliverance where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna just walk up to the altar and like let somebody lay their hand on my head. Like I literally sat in a session with like multiple deliverance workers that I told them like, the worst of the worst that happened to me in my entire life right Mm -hmm. and they're like okay we see the enemy's plan in your life and how he's tried to attack you and we're gonna go in and we're gonna dismantle this stuff and I've like literally sat through healing and deliverance sessions where it's kind of like doing that internal work and dealing with the pain of uh, Mm -hmm. of my past and I think those are two really important things that have helped me walk in the fullness of who I am now. I know one of the big compliments I get all the time from people online, social media, whatever, is that like, I'm an extremely confident woman. Hmm. I didn't used to be that way. Like I would look confident on the outside, but I was like very timid and was not fully walking in the woman and the fullness of who I was. And I would dim my light to make other people feel comfortable for so long because Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh, I feel like if I am my full self, people are gonna have a problem or she thinks she all that and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I had to shift my mindset and understand that if God created me a very specific way with specific design, that if I allow myself to fully walk in that, that at the end of the day, like I shouldn't back down from that. And one of the things even related to trauma for me was when like, like a lot of women that are raped, like they go through these thought processes of, 
oh, maybe I shouldn't have had that on, or maybe I dressed too fashionable, or maybe what I had on was too appealing. I had to undo those thought processes in my mind and really travel through dealing with that trauma so that I could um, really walk in the fullness of who God has called me to be. And the beautiful things about me and my personality, like the way that I dress, if I do decide to be extra when I show up somewhere, that's who I am. That's what mm -hmm. I love. I love fashion. God created me that way. Why? I don't know, but that I'm glad he made me that way. But <laughs> I shouldn't shy away from that to make other people feel comfortable, right. whether it's a man, whether it's another woman who can't deal with how I show up. Um, and I just had to learn to exist in that space um, and, and really deal with the trauma of the past because I've dealt with a lot of jealousy with women and things like that and, you know, all the catty stuff. But um, I, I realized that a lot of times an enemy tries to attract, attack you in the area that you're called to. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Love that. I think one of my favorite things you talked about is just when you spoke of the um, experience with the deliverance workers and having to literally lay out like these are all of the things that I've struggled with struggled with dealt with um, have faced in my life and I remember in a devotion that we did something that God gave me was like exposure expedites healing like once you get things on the table once you let the covers pull the covers back and really expose all of the the trauma and the guilt and all of the different things the shame then that moves you on the path to healing so I just love that you talked about being with people that you could trust that you could let that guard down to really open all that up to and I just hope that people hear that and are encouraged to not try to keep all of that inside not think that you could face it by yourself or even just with one other person, but really lean into community. Yeah. And I love how you gave us a practical piece and a spiritual piece. Like that's something that's so important for this podcast and in our own podcast of like, sometimes people lean too much on the practical mm -hmm. or they lean too much in the spiritual. And I have found that most times it's a little bit of both, like God gifted us with therapists. He gave us mental health practitioners. And I think, you know, I think the church is kind of moving in that direction more than they have maybe when we were kids or growing up. And so I just love that you kind of gave people something practical and something spiritual because you need a little bit of both. But I just feel like I'm all, if you ask Dorian, I'm always telling everybody, go to therapy, go to therapy, please. Go to, I beg people like, please, like you will do, you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Just mm -hmm. getting an outside perspective of someone and they, someone who can start piecing together patterns that you were not able to piece together because you were living it. Because they'll be like, remember that time you said that? That's not like the other time your mama said that. And you'd be like, they did say that. But I just think there's so much value um, in, in therapy. And I'm always advocating for it because I just think it's such an important, important step and path to, um, to wellness. Mm -hmm. yep. And one thing I'll say really quickly too is like, the quality of your relationships are going to be so much better when you go to therapy, like not only like your friendships, not only your, you know, romantic relationships, yes. but how you oh. treat your customers yes. as an entrepreneur, so how good. you deal with people that you would have previously been intimidated by mm -hmm. instead of you showing up and like lessening yourself and being able to show up in the room and understand who you are and walk in the fullness of what God has called you to walk in. I think therapy is so important because there's a lot of things that, you know, uh, you can talk to a therapist about that you might not be able to tell your girlfriend about because you might be like, you mm -hmm. know, like, oh, girl, I it don't might be about judge her. Me. Right. That part. <laughs> right. So all the things uh, so I, I literally I am such an advocate for therapy, especially for entrepreneurs as well. Mm -hmm. And influencers, when you're you're trailblazing something like you're always going to come up against something crazy. So mm -hmm. you need you need a therapist before you think you need one. 
Mm, so good. So you call yourself the digital marketing maven, helping entrepreneurs make six figures and more. So how do you balance encouraging women to build wealth and not creating this message where people are like idolizing money? Ooh, listen, this is so good. It's it's really so good because um, I love this question. I was going to pull out my Bible, but my Bible is currently propping up my laptop. <laughs> hey, me too. Me too, though. Right underneath resting like, on the word, ladies. Love it. But listen, I'm going to go to Luke 12 because I literally read this this morning and it basically was talking about like you're foolish to like store up possessions for yourself and not be um, rich toward God. Basically, that's what it says. Luke 12 somewhere. I'm going to pull it up. Rich toward. Okay, so that's Luke 12, 21. Um, and so basically when it comes to wealth, like my mindset about building wealth is that like, first of all, the Bible tells us that the thief came to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus came that we would have life and life more abundantly. Um, the Bible also talks about how in Psalm one, if we're planted, when we meditate on the word day and night, that we will be planted like a tree by the river, rivers of water that bears fruit in due season and everything you put your hands to will prosper, right? Even Joshua one, we can go there and we see that God literally tells him to meditate on the word day and night so that you can do according to what the law says so that you can have great success. So a lot of times this mentality about like, you know, oh, you're idolizing money. It comes from this, like where people say often, where it's like, you know, when you, uh, that money is the root of all evil and money's actually not the root of all evil. Um, it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And so it's like, when you are idolizing money, that looks different than building wealth for his kingdom. And literally, I think it also says like, um, I'm literally just going to have to slide my Bible out because I literally underlined this today. Get into the word. Listen, I just love how timely the word of God is and like how it literally is living and active. Um, but I, I wrote this down and it's in Luke 12. Great. And it says Luke 12 verse 34. Um, no, it's not even there. Okay. Yeah. Luke 12 verses 30, uh, 31 and 32. And actually I'm going to go to 29. So it says, and seek not ye what you shall eat, what you shall drink, neither be doubtful of mine. And it says for all these things, do the nations of the world seek after and your father knoweth. Um, that you have need of these things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Mm -hmm. The kingdom. It is like your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And literally, I think a lot of times we, we just because God talks about in the word that, you know, um, that it's it's difficult for a rich man to get into heaven and things like that. But it also goes on to say, also nothing is impossible with God, right? And so at the end of the day, what it comes down to for me is understanding that wealth is how God utilizes and finances and resources is how God utilizes. Um, uh, he utilizes those things to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Every single good deed and thing that needs to be done needs to come 
from money, right? It needs to come from resources, right? And one of the things about God is God is a God of abundance. Even if you look at the story of the five loaves and the two fish where they had to feed all this massive audience of people, there were five loaves, two fish, God took it up to God, Jesus took it up to God, he blessed it. And he was able to feed everybody to the point where they were full. But you know, let me tell you about the part at the end that a lot of type, a lot of people try to skip is that there were leftovers. Come, Come on now. There, we serve a God that is a God of abundance and we be over here begging for crumbs mm. and, 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 and God wants to give you everything, right? It's his desire to give us the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So how do I, you know, make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm working with people and encouraging people to build wealth and, and not idolize money is that first of all, the people I, like, that's why I have a whole application process to work with me because I want to work with people where they are, you know, building the kingdom. If somebody come to me talking about, I'm trying to balance a chakra, I more power to you. I ain't got like, no, thank you. That's not the, mm. the version of the, the, that's not what I'm trying to advance. I'm here to advance the kingdom of God Good. through entrepreneurship. And a lot of the things that we want to do are tied to, you know, these nonprofit like ideas, these things that where we want to shift like culture and we want to shift the world that can't happen without resources and without finances and so if you're chasing money like we heard Mike Todd say this but I, I've quoted like I've said quotes like this all the time about like don't chase money chase God and the money will come it's mm -hmm. going to come mm -hmm. the money is going to come, come when you're now. rooted in purpose literally the money is going to come the Bible literally says meditate on the word day and night you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water your leaves shall not wither and you're um and ev everything like and you, do and you will bear fruit in due season and everything you put your hand to will prosper so mm. we need to stop feeling guilty for making money and having the desire to make money just because some people try to make it seem like it's a bad thing Yes, there are people that are corrupt that use money to do corrupt things, but that does not like God is the one who is the creator of all things and resources. So it is his desire for us to have those things. We just have to understand that he is the source and we're serving the source and not the worshiping the, the, the creation and the things that we get and the possessions mm -hmm. that we have. This mic was so expensive. I drop it. <laughs> I, I would on this ground. I love that you talked about too of like everything that we need to do for the kingdom. And a, like, I just think about the, we love Dr. Darius. We love Change Church. It costs money to buy a camera. It costs money to buy the lights. It costs money to have the stage. Somebody had to pay rent or buy the building. But I think we get so spiritual, we forget there's a practical piece of doing kingdom work where you mm -hmm. need money to finance what you're trying to do. And I think about, you know, if you watch a videos, like my job, we're, we're always making videos and content, like it costs somebody to get that software. Mm -hmm. it, you have to pay somebody to make a video. But I think that we just get so spiritual that we forget, like it costs money to put all this stuff out, you know, to bless people. But I just love that you kind of, again, brought that practicality piece. Cause I think, I just think we forget that sometimes. Mm, yeah. That's so good, y'all. I, I just, I don't even really have nothing to add to that one because you said it all. I mean, you really, I think it's the mindset thing. It's this mindset. And I love that you pulled that quote out about um, money being the root of all evil because people say that all the time. And I love when they say it so I can correct them and say, <laughs> actually, it's the love of money that is the root. 
it's not just the existence of it. It's actually never the existence of anything. It's how we as people use and, you know, ex how we as people um, use that thing in the earth. And so I think that that's just such a important distinction and hopefully clears things up for a couple folks. Yep. Um, and we have to separate. The one last thing I'll say is like, I know a lot of times people feel like we shouldn't be paid for ministry, but like business is different, on. you know? And even there's a Bible verse that talks about like, like accept your wages for your work, right? Like basically if you're doing work, like you should be paid, like mm -hmm. point blank period. Even, and, and people have this guilt around, oh, I don't want to charge premium prices. My services start at $7,500 for someone to work with me. Come Why? On. Because if I'm helping you build a six-figure business, that's absolutely my price point, right? Because you're about to go out here and make six figures with what I teach you. So I think at the end of the day, we have to remove um, like the guilt from it, especially because like we don't act like that when somebody's paying us a salary. Come we will be like, oh, I got a six figure salary and we'll we'll be so excited about that. But why is it that we have a problem once we start making it for ourselves? Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people have this weird narrative to like people who follow Christ have to be all destitute and mm -hmm. live like below their means. I'm like, where did this really absurd unbiblical narrative Bad doctrine. that's not biblical Bad doctrine. my father has a cattle on a thousand hills i don't have to be i don't have to be in need of anything like you said like he he delights in blessing us and giving us the kingdom but i think so many of us grew up with that narrative that anytime we see a pastor with money or see somebody we're like oh no they're and it's like hey he my father got it all so why wouldn't he want to bless his children with that but i just mm -hmm. think so many of us have this narrative that we haven't really unpacked and recognized yeah. that it's not biblical now, listen, y'all all in my little Bible study from this morning real quick. What? So the one thing that I will say is if you do look at Luke 12, so y'all can go back and say it on your own, read it on your own. I think Luke 12, um, like it starts at verse 14, but it basically talks about this rich man who has so much plentifulness, right? Like mm -hmm. he has all this stuff and he's like, oh, I have all this stuff. I need more. Let me make room for it. So I'm going to take down the barns I have, rebuild my barns and put like all the belongings. And that's where God literally says, like, um, he says, um, so is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Mm -hmm. So basically he talks about like him being a fool, right? Like, yeah, there's a point at which like you have more than enough. Like you need to be giving, you need to be rich toward God. You need to be giving towards the things that God cares about. And that, that, that matters when it's, when you're talking about riches and heavenly riches. Come on. Yeah. So good. Now, now look here, Candace, we don't have 7,500 to give you right now, <laughs> but we, we still want to help the people with one or two tips. Uh, and so, you know, folks, they see you on social media, they see other folks um, who are six, seven figure um, breadwinners and building generational wealth, like, and we desire to do those things and oftentimes want to get there as quickly as possible. So can you kind of talk about, because we know that things happen in time, it don't just happen overnight. So can you kind of share about the process to get to a point of being a six seven figure mark and um, what people can be doing now to prepare themselves for the wealth that they desire yeah so I can definitely speak to like building a six and seven figure business in a perspective of um, like in a service-based business and some of the things that I'll speak to um, 
it, it's really, it starts with like biblical stuff. Like Habakkuk 2.2 2 says, write the vision, make it plain. So all the who, who see it can run with it um, for the vision is for an appointed time, right? And so a lot of times we forget that the vision is for a specific time and that it's not just for you to run with. A lot of times people... Uh, position themselves to oh I'm gonna just run and do it all on my own and we forget that there's other people that have to see the vision and run with it and you know be mobilized to make sure that the vision is executed in that way and so I would say the first really big thing is to get super clear on your vision because that's really what a CEO is is they're the visionary for a company they're going to be the one that's giving the direction and then you want to really position and clarify what it is that you're doing for your audience. What, what is it that you want to help other people do, right? I think a lot of times like people are so broad and they're not as specific as they could be. And that's why they're not get able to generate the income. But because I'm extremely ex uh, a very explicit about what I do to help people specifically, I am the one that's gonna help you master your marketing and make $10,000 plus months in your business that's how I'm able to draw in the right audience, attract the right audience, because I'm clear about what I am bringing to their life, how I'm going to help them. And I'm, gonna, I'm clear on how I'm taking them along that journey. But yeah. the big thing is, if you're going to be a six-figure, seven-figure entrepreneur, you have to actually be an expert at what you're doing if you're going to be service-based. And even if you're product-based, you still have to have a product that is scalable, Mm. And you have to verify and validate if people actually want to buy that thing. So a lot of times people get real excited. They're like, oh, I'm going to launch a boutique. Let me go, you know, mm. buy up all this inventory and sell it. And it, it doesn't sell because it's like you haven't even validated if the audience you're trying to sell to wants to buy what you have to offer. And okay. so I think it all comes down to clarity of your vision and really understanding that you can't do it on your own. Um, and also not being afraid to charge premium prices. And that goes back to, you know, people are like, oh, I don't, I want it to be, you know, I want it to be, you know, reasonable for people. And I'm gonna pray about the price and stuff and all that stuff. And that comes down to, you know, what we said earlier is like, everything isn't spiritual. One thing I learned in business school is if it's a low uh, price, business it's a low profit business there's no way to make high profits on something that is low priced unless that's the the thing that changes thing is the digital product world right mm -hmm. i sell 25 dollar products you know sometimes 67 dollar products and i'm able to make you know four and five figures from a single launch with a low price digital product like that but okay. that's the world of digital products that we're in so the last major thing that I'll say is that you just have to shift into the mindset to know that it's possible. I know I used to be the person that would look at other people's stories and feel like them making four or five figures a month was like so far-fetched and like, oh my God, I couldn't believe like, but it's like, baby, I'm on track to my multiple millions. So at this point, the only reason that it's going to happen is because I believed it it's going to happen first. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is just mindset and really aligning yourself to understand that that is what God has called for you to do. Um, and that you don't have to be out here scamming people to make, you know, good money. Mm. Please let the people know they don't have to be scammers. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's so good. So good, Candice. Yeah, I took some notes, mental notes for us to talk about in our next meeting agenda for the week. I know, yeah, just the idea of if people want it, that's so good. I think that people start things all the time. I see people are just like, oh, I'm gonna sell these shirts. I'm gonna do this thing. 
And it's like, do people even want that from you? Besides your mama and your cousin, like, <laughs> are you going to actually be able to build a business around this thing? So I love that you talked a little bit about just like strategy, have a strategy. And then you have, have the nerve to be mad that your mama and cousin don't want to buy your shirt. And Ooh. it's like, that's because they're not your audience. Go Ooh. find out who your audience is and sell to them. So very good. Very that. good. And that kind of speaks to like doing your research. I think so often we just want, we see what's online and we're like, okay, I want that. I want to have the six figures without recognizing like there is research and time and effort and sacrifice that has to be put into anything that's worthwhile. And I think because we see things on, inter- on the internet or Instagram is so instantaneous, we forget because, or maybe we don't even see that like someone has sacrificed for this thing. Someone has done their research. They have paid consultants and people to help them. But I think that's one piece that a lot of us, we don't see enough of online of like, the work that it takes to get to that place. I, I'm glad that you kind of hinted towards like, it's a process, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for some of us up and coming entrepreneurs and influencers who are trying to make it, uh, just can you give us one, like maybe what's the biggest mistake that you see like up and coming entrepreneurs make? Um, and just kind of walk us through how that mistake is hurting their business. Yep, it's so funny because I had already said it. And that's the thing that I've been saying for years is that mm-hmm because I used to get offended when I was like launching products and services and my friends weren't buying it or my family wasn't buying it. I've been in business since 2011 with different businesses. And I used to be like, I don't understand why they're not supporting me, but I had to shift that mindset because your family and your friends are not your audience. So the biggest um, mistake that I see entrepreneurs make is that they're marketing to the wrong audience and they don't have a strategy. So it's like, you're like, Ooh, I just dropped a t-shirt. How many times did you post about it? Once, baby girl, that's not it. Okay, they saw that it was it was there, but then they forgot because they saw 12 other posts, you know, in the two seconds after, you know, mm-hmm. you posted it. And so I think one of the biggest mistakes is to just not have a plan and not have a strategy. And that's why I've created so many digital like products and resources to help, you know, entrepreneurs create content that is going to give them a strategy to sell. Like I have a... Um, One of my courses is called Six Figure Content. It's going to help you basically figure out how to create social media content that's going to help you sell uh, online. I also have a four-figure digital product ebook that basically helps you figure out how to take what you know, turn it into a digital product, sell it online, and market it to to four figures. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, but, but a lot of times it's like, you're not able to make that money if you don't know who your audience is and you market in, you know, your, your t-shirts to your mama and your cousin them. And they are like, okay, I, I bought two shirts and they sitting in their closet and nobody sees them because mm. they were trying to be nice to you. Oof, 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 oof. <laughs> all of the above. Just such good, good wisdom and just like, just good business talk. Uh, and it's so practical. It's also practical. Know your audience. I mean, doesn't get more simple than that. But to most point, you know, it requires the research. And that's the part that people don't be wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Mm, well, Candace, this has been so great. We want to uh, kind of wrap it up, though. So we like to wrap it up with really just like the hit, the one hit or quitter uh, points from the episode. And so we do a little exercise called red, yellow, green, kind of like a traffic light. And so we're going to ask you a couple questions just so you can give the people uh, some lasting nuggets. So the first thing, what is one thing that we talked about today that you want people to stop doing? Oh, we didn't talk about this, but uh, I want people to stop comparing their journeys 
to success to other people. Mm, so good. Yes, love that. What is one area we talked about today that you want people to pause or slow down in doing? I want people to slow down trying to get to the money so quickly um, and not building the foundation first. So like build the foundation and in the long run, like the money is going to come. That's good. And then the last thing, what's one thing we talked about that you want people to start doing? I want people to start doing the research and like really doing the work and creating marketing plans because just starting out and like dropping one photo isn't going to do it. But I think when you position yourself to um, to have a strategy and have a plan, like it's going to be that much more effective. Yeah, that's great. I feel like this was just right on time for us. Like, I know I'm sitting here thinking, you know, Morgan and I, Got a lot of different things going on on the Rooted Life side. And I just feel like this was so timely. So just so yeah. grateful for everything that you shared today and pouring into us uh, for free because we know that you pay people, uh, people pay you actually uh, to get this good knowledge. Listen, thank you very much. I, it has been great being on here with you guys. Thank you so much. We'd love you just to wrap up by telling the people where can they keep up with you? Where can they follow you and support all the great work that you're doing? Yes. So I actually run two different businesses. Um, I have my digital marketing agency. Um, so you can find me at Candice Janae on Instagram. It's C-A-N-D-A-C-E-J-U-N-E-E. And I also run a agent or not an agency, but a community for Christian women entrepreneurs, um, helping them build profitable brands and grow their faith. It's called Epic Fab Girl. So literally you can see that probably tagged somewhere in my Instagram bio. Um, And you can also click the link in my bio on Instagram to check out any of those digital products that we've talked about. If you're interested in working with me as well, you can just click that link in my bio and apply to work with me as well. So I am excited to stay connected with you guys. And I also respond to DMs. So, you know, um, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to slide into my DM and say you heard me on this podcast. Love that. Well, thank you, Candice. We are so excited uh, to continue to see how God just continues to elevate you, girl. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Wow, we just wrapped up the last Mm. episode of BCI Live. And as y'all know, we're all about the good news. And so we want to encourage y'all to reflect on what we shared and DM us your thoughts. But before we go, we just want to shout out for the last time a couple Mm. of folks who've shown us some love this season. Shout out to at Paris Lene and at Lessons by Lucy and at Melissa.Kingdom.Citizen. Be sure to follow BCI at Black Christian Influencers and follow our brand at Rooted Life Podcast. And be sure to join us for the season finale on Thursday, May 20 on IG Live with Jackie, the educator. Thank y'all so much for rocking with us this season and for all the support and love that y'all shown us. It's really been such a blessing. Love y'all.